Hey guys, it's Mitch. Welcome back to Just Friends. This week I'm joined at the crib by the unforgettable Casey Ford. Like his brother-in-law Jake, Casey also received a superlative on our high school yearbook. Most argumentative. I don't think he was super proud of it. And I think you'll also find in this podcast that it no longer is true about Casey. He was great to sit down with and talk to. He was a great storyteller. He was charming. He was funny. And I really enjoyed our conversation, and I think you'll really enjoy it too. I know a lot of you out there have been looking forward to this conversation, and I hope it doesn't disappoint. So now, it is my great pleasure to introduce to you our friend, Mr. Casey Ford. I'm good right here, man. I mean, you know me, I'm a fidgeter anyway. I'm probably going to move around. (laughs) That's perfectly fine. That's the whole point. That thing will move with you. Usually where I like to start with these things is just our background. Right. And an interesting thing that has come up on this podcast a few times is that a lot of my friends and a lot of the people who are going to be on here, excluding Brian and my sister, um, I met every other person who will be on this podcast for the next month or so, either in middle school or high school, very early in my life. And it's cool how they've all stayed in in my life they're all still we're all still very close you and i met freshman year i really feel like what it was because i don't think we had a lot of classes together freshman was it year. freshman year yes it was but what we were doing was i had biology mr swan biology with jake and tj you had it with ryan right and dave and we stayed after school to work on the same project together all of us were there and since i was in a group with jake and tj and you were in a group with ryan and dave and you and ryan and jake were so close we all ended up hanging out and i remember we walked to mcdonald's (laughs) and you got hit by a truck i did that is the first memory that i have of you (laughs) (laughs) well i'm such an idiot i crossed the street way too early i saw because you know PRPs on one side of Greenwood Road and McDonald's is on the other side. And back then, it was either McDonald's or White Castle. Yeah. You had to walk to one end of Greenwood or the other. Yeah. And I saw an opening, and I'm like, "Okay, guys, let's go and run across the street." Well, I didn't forgot there wasn't any sidewalks over there, so everyone else is like, "What an idiot walking in the weeds!" So when I realized no one followed me. I was like, well, I don't want to be the only guy walking over here in the crap. I'm just going to run across the street real quick. And I broke every cross in the street rule there was. <laughs> I got I got waylaid by that thing. <laughs> and I wasn't there when it happened. So really what it was, was I heard the story of the, that encounter with the truck when you guys got back to, to school to do the actual project but it it was terrible uh he hit me i guess he hit me in the ankle with his driver's side tire so i was pretty much all the way past him he like clipped the ankle but you know it was the the ankle that wasn't um i guess dominant so it it when it spun around it spun my whole body around which also caused me to hit the truck again which threw me up in the air (laughs) wow you know, and honestly, I don't know if it 
I've been told I have eye tolerance of pain. It didn't hurt that bad. Yeah. I just, I freaked out when I landed. I couldn't find my glasses. Oh, gosh. No clue where my glasses I couldn't see. I'm laying in the middle of the road with no no vision. You know, my eyesight's terrible. So so I started freaking out. Well, the guy the guy gets out, and it's this old black guy. And he's just like, are you all right, buddy? Don't sue me. I, you know, I, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to sue, man. Get out of here. I'm just trying to find my glasses. <laughs> well, it busted up my hand real bad. Yeah, I remember that. So, you know, I'm bleeding from like four knuckles. By the time I wait in line and pay, the money's covered with blood. So the lady didn't really want to take it. She's like, uh, so I had to go in the bathroom and like wash the bills off. Oh, man. It was a, it was a whole thing. And that's my first impression of you. And looking back on it, I see all of the, I guess, all of the, the filters that were placed on the whole encounter. Because one, you couldn't act like you were scared. Oh no. But I'm sure that you were freaked the fuck out. Absolutely. But you couldn't you couldn't act like you were because you were surrounded by your guy friends. So then by the time you guys got back to tell us the story, probably twenty minutes had taken place. And it only takes twenty minutes for something that is terrifying to get conflated or inflated into like this story where you just had like this most harrowing encounter that you could possibly have had and you survived it. You were elevated in that moment into like a higher tier of like craziness, maybe a little bit, or maybe just maybe toughness. I don't know exactly, but just I'd never met anybody who had been hit by a car. And in my mind, I was like, if I'd gotten hit by a car, I'd be crying like a little girl on the side <laughs> of the road right now. And Casey's joking about it and seems to be okay. This guy's on another level. Well, yeah, um, you can't cry in front of your guy friends, man. I mean, it's true. these are two dudes I've known at that point all through middle school. And especially being the smaller guy, you know, you remember I was so much smaller than everybody in high school. Uh, you can't show any, any sort of, any sort of weakness, uh, especially the way I was brought up with my dad. Um, you couldn't show any sort of weakness. You had to be just as tough as everybody else. I, I felt that pressure, but I just couldn't. Because I was just such a little wimpy little, but no. Because I don't know, man. I remember you being pretty tough. I mean, no. you got you got playing, um, you know, football like we did. You were you know a lineman a lot of times. You took licks from a lot of bigger guys. That's true. Maybe I was better actor than I thought, but in my mind, I was always complaining. Like, uh, you know, you complained <laughs> definitely. We all complained though. I feel like we all complain. Yeah. Who doesn't complain when they get hit by Corey Hendricks? Yeah, but here's the this is the place I want to go with that because I hung out with you. In high school, pretty regularly, that was my high school impression of you. But then we really started hanging out after high school. That's when we spent most of our time together, where we were just hanging out, me and you. And I got to know you, and I was like, no, actually, Casey's a really smart guy, a really sensitive guy. And the impression that I had of him in high school is not really the person who he actually is. Um, and and that was really interesting for me to learn about you, because First of all, you were in advanced classes with all the rest of us, but I feel like you struggled to be successful in that environment even more than me, and I struggled to be successful in that environment. Okay, so the reason I feel like I struggled looking back on it now is that when I was at Stone Street, which was not advanced level, I excelled. Yeah. Um, And then having excelled there, I went to know and did well enough that I felt I was still top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, not as well as I did. I mean, you know, I won 
the school spelling bee like five years in a row at, at Stone Street. You know, I ran that school. I was probably not to not to brag, but one of the top five smartest kids in the school. Yeah, uh, got to know which had an advanced and gifted, and wasn't that level, but was still pretty high up. Got to PRP and was middle of the road. But yeah, but okay, maybe that. But you struggled to get along with teachers. That's what I remember about you. Yeah, true, true. Well, I think that all stems from now I'm middle of the road. I can't, okay. I can't, you know, bare minimum is not going to cut it here. You know, and I'm used to bare minimum. I'm not used to being pushed. Homework was never an issue. Well, now it's homework's piling up. Well, me personally, instead of just doing doing the work, I went the other way and was like, well, <laughs> how how can I just slide through this? And which, I mean, you know, as a teacher, when you see a guy like the potential, I hated hearing that. This He's got so much potential. Well, it's true. You know, maybe I did have more potential than uh, I'd certainly effort. Yeah. More potential than effort was put in a lot of classes. If I didn't particularly like the class, I wasn't putting forth anything. Um, and then teachers, you know, tend to get on you. Well, instead of responding, you know, well, maybe I am slacking off a little. I got defensive, mm-hmm. um, which is, at a younger age was, which I, I Let me interject really, for a second. Cause go ahead. I can relate to that a lot. And so like... I, you don't have to like explain yourself to me because I'm right there with you. I completely understand how you felt because I thought that the same way a lot of the ways. I hadn't learned up to that point the lesson that you get out of life what you put into it. So right. I felt like I did a lot of those same things. So I don't want you to feel like you're being judged about that. No, 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 okay, not cool. at all, not cool. at all. But yeah, uh, I, you know, def- well, for anything, when I was a kid, uh, I would got real defensive. Something I really had to work on in my mid twenties um, was just how defensive I became. The I mean, you know, I became the arguer mm-hmm. over everything. You were the what? What do you call that? The you're the contrarian. Yeah, contrarian. Quite contrary. Thank you, sir. Um, you didn't give me a compliment there, but I accepted one from you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got quite combative and. Uh, and I think as high school went on, I got that reputation for being combative. And then it became, well, the teachers are ready for it. So now they're not giving me any slack. And then my classmates are also polarized because I'm so combative. And it really gave me a bad rap that I did really nothing to change. Instead, I kind of leaned into it and was like okay you want me to be the bad guy well i can be the bad guy i can be the guy that yells i can be the guy that acts out i can be the guy that argues and um and then like junior and senior year i really it really put me in a dark place uh senior year i mean there were some there were some things that you know went into that but yeah it really uh it really wasn't a high school really was a struggle and also, I think that I, I have a, like you, I know you have this problem as well, but I always thought that I was the dumb one in the group. You know, with you and Jake, Ryan, even Dave, Dave got pretty good grades and always was very creative. I felt, that's why, honestly, I liked Barry so much. Not <laughs> to give Barry, not to talk bad about Barry. I think Barry's a really smart guy in his areas. Oh, for sure. Dave, Barry's a smart dude. But I've 
always felt like as far as the pure intellect, I got the edge on Barry. Mm. Um, now he'd beat the crap out of me a lot, <laughs> 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 but uh, there's no getting around that. That's how that's who Barry was. Yeah, and that was he. We kind of talked about that, and he, I feel like I failed him in that podcast to let him just explain that part of himself. But I did get the impression that he f- he felt that exclusion because he at the time there was labels we were in advanced program classes he was not and he had that label and he understood that and uh also we kind of would win academic awards every once in a while and and he had to be friends with us and we were proud of those things so we talked about them and so i think that barry actually struggled with that but i never i still he's one of my favorite people to talk to because his point of view is interesting and he brings out a, a my, one of my favorite sides of me. So that's what I like about Chris Berry. But I definitely can relate. I think all of us apparently, and I'm interested in kind of exploring this more as I, as I talk to more people. I think when you're in high school, you just feel less than some, for some reason you just, Everybody finds a reason to compare themselves to things about their friends that they wish that they could emulate. And I think we would have been much better served had we all realized, no, these are just people we can learn from instead of thinking it is these these are people who are better than me because of this. Hey guys, we'll get back to just friends in just a second. But first, if you're anything like me, especially right now, this time of the year in the holidays, I'm packing on a few pounds. I'm not feeling super motivated to be out running and exercising because of the cold weather, the short days. And I'm not necessarily prepared to be making the best decisions about my, my nutrition. So I've probably gained 15 pounds since the sun started going down early. And that's where it can really come in handy to have a person who's an expert on nutrition. And that's where Miss Emily Berry comes in. Emily Berry is a chef and a registered dietitian who helps you build your own version of a healthy lifestyle. And she is our friend, Chris Berry's wife. And she's a wonderful person. Many of you probably know her. And she's willing to work one-on-one with you to assess your individual needs, goals, and struggles to build a customized plan that takes in all of your needs into consideration and creates a diet that you can follow, that you can stick to, and that will be effective for you, something that you can maintain. Clients who work with Emily not only see improvements in their weight and health, they also have higher energy levels, lower stress, and more confidence. To become part of her online community and receive free resources, connect with others on a healthy journey, you need to join her private Facebook page. I'm on this Facebook page. My wife Sarah is on this Facebook page group. It's called Nutrition Coaching with Emily. Or you can also check out her Instagram at emilyberryrd. To get started, you could also email her at emilyberryrd at gmail.com. Guys, she knows what she's talking about. She's working extremely hard and she wants to work hard for you so that you can see the changes that you want to achieve in your life come to reality. Check out her Facebook, Nutrition Coaching with Emily. Her Instagram at emilyberryrd. Or email her at emilyberryrd at gmail.com. Remember, it's E-M-I-L-I-E-B-E-R-R-Y. Okay, guys, so let's get back to the show. I always thought Jake was the leader. Yeah? I always thought Jake was the leader. I feel that. Uh, you know, 
Jake was the most popular. Jake was the most well-liked still to this day. If you don't like Jake Stratton, then I'm not going to like you personally. You know, Jake's so funny, so easygoing, so laid back, so hard not to just love the guy that I tend to follow Jake because if I follow Jake, well, A, I tend to stay out of trouble um, when Jake's around. He was always good at kind of uh, tempering uh, myself. And then... Uh, he always got invited to everything. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's. He, and even in football, like when he was playing, he was a little bit more athletic. I think yeah, definitely than me. Definitely than me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely than me too. But uh, the funny thing is, is that I always thought. So I always thought Jake was. I always saw Jake as a leader. You know, Jake goes. I'll follow. People wonder why we're friends, but I mean, he's so. Later in life, once I started hanging out with Nate, you know, I met, met Nate was my longtime roommate. Uh, met him at UPS. He went to Manual, and I guess he had had a conversation with with Jake about how, why he didn't go to Manual. And so he asked me one night, he's like, "Man, why didn't you go to Manual? I, I I heard that you had gotten in. I was like, I had, I'd gotten into Y Pass and Manual, but the people that we had went to middle school with, and I had." Uh, in middle school, you know, I was the poor kid and that's never, that's never a good thing to be in school, especially a school that didn't have uniforms. So it's a little bit more obvious who, and, uh, you know, who is lesser off and no was a lot of East end kids. Yeah. Traditional school. Gateway, fed into manual. Right? Fed into manual right. Uh, you know, so a lot of more affluent families uh, sent their kids there. So I, I struggled popular, you know, with popularity there too. Uh, I did. I just didn't want to, didn't want to, didn't want to go that route. So I asked Jake, I said, Jake, man, where are you going? He said, I don't know. Uh, I'm really thinking about PRP. I was like, well, if you go to PRP, I'll go to PRP. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a no brainer. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to put in for PRP tomorrow. Well, apparently, Jake had told Nate that the only reason he gave PRP any thought was because I was going to PRP because I didn't want to go to manual. And that always, uh, uh, that was a, uh, that was a real paradigm shift. When I look back at a lot of things in that light, it, uh, enlightening. I will say the only thing I can say about that is I'm super glad <laughs> that that happened. Right. Right. Me too. Because me too. Manual's a great school. Especially, I'm a teacher. I teach in the exact same district that we all went to high school in. I think that's part of the reason why this conversation happens to tend around high school so much because I can compare us to my job and a lot of the experiences that we have, I now have new insight on because of my job. But I'm so glad that you and Jake and Chris and Ryan and TJ were at PRP because with the things that I dealt with, while I was in high school, I needed friends who were also dealing with similar things. And I had that in you guys. And I also really needed to come out of my shell because freshman year of high school was so hard for me because I was so awkward. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know how to make friends. You were really quiet. It was uh, interesting looking back to see like from quiet kid that was kind of TJ's buddy freshman year to becoming dude with the guitar serenading ladies you know senior year gosh I can't I want you to take your hand right now nobody can see you but you went from very low 
to very high when you got to do the guitar. I want you to take that high point, put it back down low, and take your low point and stick it in your ass. That's where I feel like I started. <laughs> just like I, I came from shit. I just was so worthless. Like as an elementary school, middle school kid, I could barely talk to people. I was just so shy and awkward. Well, see, on the flip side, I would have rather, honestly, looking back, would have rather have been shy and awkward than so combative and aggressive because I feel like I turned a lot of people away. You know, it was really hard past first impressions to get anyone outside the my friend group to talk to me because... I don't know. I've, I've heard rumors. A lot of people were scared of me, which is crazy because I was a toothpick. I was <laughs> so small. Um, although did have big friends. Not that they would have ever helped me in a fight. You probably all would have laughed at me when I got, I got my butt we kicked. We would have helped you, but we would have laughed at you too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> waited until it was, I was obviously losing to come help me. Let um, me tell you this. I got in a fight one time, and immediately after all my friends were praising me, they took me out to dinner. And then one day later, it was the worst thing that had ever happened third to me. Grader? Yes, if they said that I'd beaten up a retarded third grader. You you did get in a fight in high school. And got into a couple. Got into a couple. Let's think about for real. In the group that we hung out with, maybe you could expect a fight. But how often did it happen? Hardly ever. In the actual classes we were in, with all the people that we were in, who else got into a fist fight with anybody the whole time we were in high school? Nobody really did. It wasn't a thing that was going to happen a lot. It was not. The we we went we went to school with some nerds. We were separated, I guess, from the real Yes. Gin pop, as my mom called them. Um, but <laughs> that sounds so criminal. It does sound so criminal. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I hate using that. We would call them comp classes, comp comprehensive classes. Um but in this neighborhood, in this community, um, the kids in the lower level classes tend to fight more. Yeah, I mean, they did. I, I don't want to put that label on them, um, but but they, but they did. So we didn't have any friends that were fighting. So you get in two fights, and all of a sudden you've been in more than Casey's been in more than one fight. Yeah, Casey's a badass. Now I knew that wasn't going to be a thing. I rode that reputation <laughs> as long as I could, man. I rode it as long as I could. Uh, it definitely helped things. Um, you know, down the road, avoid conflicts. Yeah. That reputation helped me avoid other conflicts because I could just be like, hey, bro, I've done this before. Like, let's go. Let's do it. And guys, I could talk myself out of a lot. It gave me credibility. I could talk myself out of more uh, conflicts than I didn't have to fight. But yeah, but I think besides me in high school, in the four years we were there, out of the classes that we were in, Ryan was the only one, the only other guy to get into a fight, and it was with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got in one little stupid little skirmish in high school, and it was the one that happened on the football at 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 that little backyard football thing. It was barely anything. Neither of us were hurt. No, I was mad, so I pushed a kid to the ground, basically, and then fell on him. And fell on him. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to hurt, actually, hurt anybody. I want. I was just like, you've pushed me to this point where you've picked on me to where I. Now I'm no longer able to communicate to you with words and I don't have the self-confidence to just walk away from this situation with all of my friends watching. Cause that would be what I would do now. I'd be like, Hey guys, this guy's not being cool with me. 
can we let's leave I, i'm not having fun here that's what i would say now but i'm 30 and at the time i was 15 so like the altercation happened all my friends were stoked <laughs> and then and then immediately the <laughs> dynamic shifted back into what is actually my dynamic which is hey let's let's pick on mitchell for something <laughs> fun to pick on he's not gonna do anything about it yeah. he might throw a little fit and cry like a little bitch and then well, run away. that whole thing came about uh monday morning because that was on a Friday, uh, Monday morning. Someone I heard Mitch got into a fight at elementary school, and yeah, I don't even know. And Jake was like, "Yeah, yeah," he was over there picking on little kids, and uh, they were like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." And some third grader actually bucked up to him and he beat the crap out of him. No, oh my god! It started with a regular third grader. Now, how that got turned into the last version of the story I heard was the kid was in a wheelchair, he was in special classes, you knocked him out of the wheelchair. I mean, it was so crazy. It got to the point where I didn't know any of that was going around. And then we went to Dave's birthday party at his parents' shop. (laughs) And my high school group of friends was introduced to a different group of friends that I also hung out with there. Like Ben Edwards was there because Dave and Ben were real close. And some other people. Well, so now there's this tab dynamic there all of a sudden that's never there in high school. And the tab dynamic is definitely let's pick on Mitch. <laughs> so you guys said something about me beating up a third grader. They heard that and they're like, how heinous can we make this? How awful can we make this so that it sounds like Mitch is basically like the scum of the earth? And so it became that I beat up a mentally handicapped and physically handicapped young man around the age of eight (laughs) who happened to be confined sadly to a wheelchair and the narrative goes that i knocked him from this wheelchair and stomped him let's just take it there to death i killed this (laughs) third grader this is the story now that being said i don't think anyone at prp actually believed that you beat up a third grader but your reactions to the story were always so priceless that it got brought up constantly. Well, that's the thing. That's that's a that's a thing that has we've talked about a little bit on here with Chris is my usual response to things like that was to completely overreact and to give the person making fun of me exactly what they want. And when I was younger, I didn't know. I just did. But definitely back then, I could not help it. I did not realize that that was ex- that was exactly why I was getting picked on, and I fed the fire and it was awful. You were so dramatic. I know I'm still dramatic. You should have been an actor. I would have loved to have been an actor. I would love to. I didn't know, and no nobody around me had ever been an actor. My parents were like, "Get a job that pays money. Trust us. It's helped us. You should do the same thing." Right. So like that's what I thought I needed to do. I mean, some of my favorite stories in high school were men's stories. Um. And, and just thinking of Mitch stories, you said that you thought you weren't tough. I remember one time we were in, what class? Issing. What was that? Uh, physics. Physics. You slapped me across the face. <laughs> and I had to stand there and be like, oh, we can go. But I was scared, man. I, you know, that rung my you bell. You you were scared? You, it, ooh, you rung my bell, son. I was scared. I remember one time I... St- stood up to Chris Young in Miss Issing's class because he was picking on me. And I was like, do you want to fight? 
because we can fight right now. I will fight you right now. And all I was actually thinking was, what if he wants to fight? He did not want to fight. <laughs> no, I got so because lucky. I don't I know so if lucky. he knew, but I was standing up behind you. I don't think he wanted the both of us. But yeah, I actually left class because I felt like the only way I could just... You know what? I actually remember that now. I'm so glad you did that. You took the high road and it salvaged our friendship. I should have. It's it's interesting for me to even relive this because when I think back to my friendships in high school, you were you were just the person who was most like me. Yeah. That's why I think we butted heads more often than I butted heads with other friends because you were the person who was just most like me. You've had a lot of the same experiences that I've had. I think that's that's probably why we butted heads because we're just so similar to each other. But then, I mean, like... Jake had some of the similar, those similar experiences too. Our core group really came from, and I don't want to put this on anybody, but families that suffered from a a dad who liked to drink. I'm not going to call any of them alcoholics, but suffered from a dad who liked to drink, uh, a dad who acted out um, when he was under the influence. Um, a, from mostly the same socioeconomic class, very blue collar. Um, and then that manifested into a lot of the same interests and also a lot of the same mental or emotional illnesses. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the same mental health issues. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not being able to live up to that father, not being able to, you know, really wanting to get out of your socioeconomic state. Yeah. You know, just really a lot of the same issues. Um, I didn't have the socioeconomic part as much. My parents did pretty well. I always had that privilege. I always was lucky because my dad had a pretty decent job that made pretty good money, and so did my mom. My dad got sick when I was a sophomore and had to stop working. Um, he had hepatitis C. I don't know if you know that. I did not know and that. And he had to take interferon treatments, which are kind I of like I remember he stopped working, but I thought it had something to do he with also the, had, head, like, two heart attacks. the head injury. He had head injuries, too. And my poor dad. The fact that he is as awesome as he is today is a testament to how awesome he had to have been. I'm going to tell you how awesome your dad is. For everyone who doesn't know this, Mitch's dad made a coon skin cap. <laughs> he shot a raccoon. No, he trapped it in he a He trapped trap. it. That's even better. He had, oh my God, dude. He me- trapped this thing. He made a coon skin cap out of it. But unlike most people, he left the face in the front <laughs> And it acts as a little bill, and it is the most awesome thing ever. And he wears it just watching TV in his front room. It's fantastic. So, yeah, I don't, I don't give him enough credit for this. But while some of my worst traits definitely come from my dad, some of my best traits. My dad is so silly and so funny. But also, this is a thing that my dad definitely did. He would get hyper obsessed with things. Just like I am with this podcast thing. Everybody who's around me is like, Mitch, if you say the word podcast one more time, <laughs> I'm going to castrate you. But when I was like, I told this story on Jake Stratton's podcast. When I got, my parents left me in the woods. It was around that, my dad left me in the woods. It was around that age. They had just bought this property. And my dad was just like, coming up, my dad was all about, I want to be a mountain man. I love outdoors, tracking all that stuff. So he bought a bunch of traps, all kinds of different size traps. Like most of them were like square traps that you would walk through and then they clamp down on you. 
But he had some like of the small, what looks like bear traps, like the kind oh, of paw traps, trap, the paw yeah, traps. The paw yeah, traps. I had a couple of those. But mostly he had beavers in this one creek. And he wanted to trap these beavers because they were damming up this creek and it was flooding this whole bottom. And he wanted to have a road through that bottom. So he bought a bunch of traps and he had to do so much stuff to these. He had to like soak them and this like stuff. And this motherfucker trapped like six beavers. (laughs) (laughs) But he had these traps and he was all about it for a little while. And he caught a fox. He had to buy all these little permits and stuff. He was all about it. He caught a raccoon. He caught a fox. Um, And yeah. And honestly, now that I say that, I don't even know if he was legally allowed to do that. He owned the land. So I'm sure in his mind, he thinks any animal on it, I'm allowed to kill that if it's on my land. Hey guys, we'll get back to Just Friends here in just a second, but first I want to take this opportunity to talk to you guys about someone near and dear to my heart. A friend of mine, like you, and like me, a man with hobbies. His name is Seth Jones. Seth is a local artist and he has a bunch of great projects that I'm currently enjoying. The first one I want to talk about is his webcomic series, Ragamuffins. Ragamuffins gives you a beautifully illustrated and relatable view into the life of its creator, my friend Seth. It's funny, it's thoughtful, and it's thoroughly entertaining. I first started reading Ragamuffins around like 2010 when I first met Seth, and the series has changed a lot over the years, and it's been really fun to watch it grow, but one thing that hasn't changed is it's good. It's really good, Um, and I think you'll enjoy it. You should check it out on Facebook and on Instagram at Ragamuffins Comic. You can see animations of the whole creation process and it's so cool. It's, it's amazing to watch him create these comics from, from a blank piece of paper all the way to this finished product. And that's just the illustration, not to mention the writing, which is also really good. But that's not all that Seth is making. This man is oozing creativity. You should also check out his personal Instagram to view his fine art series, Animalia. Now, this, this for real, this is my favorite because it's so freaking cool. There's all of these beautiful and amazing illustrations that Seth is doing on in all kinds of different mediums. And he also like shows you the whole creation process again, starting from a blank canvas or a blank piece of wood all the way to this finished piece of art that, I mean, it's beautiful. I could imagine it hanging in 21C and I wouldn't ask any questions about it. And the process is beautiful to watch. The whole creation process itself is as beautiful as the final product. If you want to see what I'm talking about, you need to check him out on Instagram, Seth A. Jones. You won't, you won't be disappointed. There's a ton of cool stuff to see. The one of him drawing the orangutan is my absolute favorite. The detail is amazing. You have to check it out. So that's Seth A. Jones on Instagram to check out his fine art series, Animalia. You need to check it out at Seth A. Jones on Instagram. And don't forget to check out Ragamuffin's comic, Ragamuffin's comic on Facebook and Instagram and Seth A. Jones on Instagram. You'll be glad you checked it out. I promise. All right, guys. So let's get back to the show. with you what i really want to talk about more is the experiences that we had after high school before we switch off of after high school there's two things i want to talk about the first one is where did the little penis jokes come from how did you start those it was tab it was tab it was tab so that was something you brought in from the outside yes i brought it in from the outside they first of all they all have humongous dicks Every single one of those guys has the hugest 
penis. And for the record, I have the smallest of all the penises in the world. And so it started off. It started off some guy made a large penis comment to Ben Risen. And in defiance, Ben, being the weird dude that he is, was like, you want to see my dick? It's the tiniest dick you've ever seen. And the dude totally freaked out and backed down (laughs) because Ben freaked him out so much. And so it just became a thing of pride to have a tiny wiener. And then so it would always be we'd be making fun of each other for having big wieners because this dude said he had one. And this dude was super lame trying to pick a fight with Ben Rising. And Ben shut him down by saying he had a little wiener. So that's the origin of it, I think. But yeah, no, it just kind of became more pervasive. And then it kind of became just like a, it was characteristic of our friend group. Like we didn't need to posture and see and like, and to play into the traditional stereotypes. We were comfortable being a little bit silly and saying those silly things about ourselves. So that's where that came from. What's the other thing you want to ask me? Oh, this isn't really, it's just a fun story I want to share. I don't know if anyone, but you know, uh, going back to football, we were not, neither one of us very good, not very good. Jake and Ryan and Barry were the football players. Mm -hmm. And so on this particular Friday after school, we would have a meal in the cafeteria and the good players, the starters and the seniors got to go up to Stinson's computer lab and play on the computers. If you weren't any good or you were just younger you had to go to locker room and do absolutely nothing. Yes, you did. Talk, play cards, uh, do your homework, read a book, whatever. Well, on this particular Friday, I guess people were just a little more amped up than normal. And it rained. It was raining that day. And all your stuff was wet. Yes. Everything had gotten wet. So you actually went into the back. Because it's, it's separate. You have the locker room area. And then you have a bathroom. That soaks up all the sound. And then you have a back training room that had washing machines. Yes. And you were actually washing your clothes. I was drying my clothes. And yeah. apparently the energy in the other room had, like you said, it, it had been high. So one of our coaches, uh, Deacon, yes. Coach Deacon comes out and he starts ripping everyone's ass for being loud. How this is a time for reflection. Get your minds right for the game. We shouldn't be laughing. We shouldn't be cutting up. We shouldn't be doing anything. And he's just... He just goes on for like a five-minute tirade. And like I said, that bathroom, I guess, had soaked up all of that. So you're in the back completely unaware. And we're all just dead quiet. You know, no, he's just staring at all of us, just daring someone to say something. And Mitch comes strolling through that back door in nothing but his tiny whities. I don't just, know why I wore tiny whities. I don't either. But you were doing this <laughs> weird little cha-cha dance. And it was just, look how fat I am. Mm. Look how fat I, I was am. I'll my belly if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> And then you stopped like dead, like five feet in the room and looked around. <laughs> it was dead silent. And Coach Deacon, I thought, was going to rip your head off. He went from like, he was a white dude. He was a little tan, but he was a white dude. And he went from to like brick red. Thought he was going to blow his shit. He yelled at you so much. I was glad he yelled so loud because I was laughing so loud. I thought I was going to get in trouble. It was the f- most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen in my life. He was so close to my face. I could smell his breath. 
He had stinky breath. <laughs> he got so close to you. He, and the, the, the heat from his face, I could feel the heat from his face. And you were so confused. You didn't know why you were getting I had no at. idea why I was getting yelled at. And the only thing, and this was the worst part about it because he's, he's yelling at me. And he had just yelled at you guys for five minutes. He was going to yell at me, I think, for probably a significant amount of time. But like I was so startled, I started to cry. <laughs> I didn't know that. Like right in his face, and he saw me crying, and I was just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear, I didn't know. I was watching my. And I think he realized like halfway into that, but his energy was so high that he couldn't come down from it. So he yelled at me for about another thirty seconds, but I could see in his face he felt really shitty about it. <laughs> He slammed the door to the coach's <laughs> office. At that point, I think he was less mad at me and more just like, oh, my God. I just yelled at this poor kid for no reason. I need to just lock myself in this room. Oh, my God. Such a great time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's that's one of – yeah, that was a horrible experience. <laughs> that was a classic Mitch Embry story. It's true. So many people get so much enjoyment out of that. I actually really enjoy telling that story. I just I was I was in a good place. That was that's the that's why it's funny because usually I'm a little bit shy and a little bit reserved. But I was in a good place. I was in my happy place. I was rubbing my belly. And then, tidy whities not even socks on. Tidy whities and nothing else. I was so comfortable in that group. <laughs> they they could, they they were seeing me almost naked. Nobody seen me almost naked since my mom and I was like two and she was changing my diapers. <laughs> but but since then the belly's gone, man. You look good nowadays. No, I'm getting chubby. I'm getting chubby again, and it's because. I am sad a little bit about work because I'm not super loving work. So I'm eating my feelings, which I know that I do and I need to stop doing. Um, I got fallen into that same problem. And then I hurt my foot a while back and I totally stopped running. And I just haven't started running again because I was also in my feels. Once you kill that routine, man, it's so, so hard. But I'm going to get back into it. I'm, I'm in a dark place right now. See, I'm so lucky because I have Sarah and Sarah's super supportive. And uh, she knows right now that I'm in a dark place. She's a little bit frustrated with me because um, I don't see it, but apparently she thinks that she's put on a little bit of weight and she's ready to get that shit changed because usually I'm the one who's like, let's eat this unhealthy meal. I'll admit to that. I'm usually the one who's like, let's go. But I don't know. You, you go through, this is the thing I'm telling myself at the moment. You go through seasons and everything is temporary. Nothing is permanent. So I'm in this place right now. I don't want to stay sad about my job. I'm working to change that situation. And hopefully, I, if I stay positive and I stay focused. Like I took Winnie yesterday for like a 45-minute walk. Oh, yeah. Not a run, but better than sitting on the couch all day. And so I'm just trying to weather this season and move on into a more positive time and make the growth and make the changes that happen. And it's where I'm at now, but thank you. I appreciate the compliment because one of the things and the themes of this podcast has been like how my friends have grown, how they're different. You will appreciate that. I marked you as my friend who I think had changed the most since high school. I do appreciate that. Yeah, that came from a lot of struggle and yes, I imagine deep self-evaluation, that and that's kind of what everybody is going through. Jake, I don't know if this will be in the podcast or not because I can't remember if we talked about it on air or not. He chose Dave. He thinks Dave's changed the most. Dave went from the Dave we knew in high school 
uh, to the day that we know now. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to make an evaluation about Dave. I want people to get to meet Dave on the podcast. So I won't say a lot about him. Yeah. I, you know, I Dave's definitely grown. I don't know if he's the most grown. Who would you say? Who would you pick? I, you know, I would pick you. Yeah, because you I can't pick, pick yourself, you, I think. Because I can't pick myself. And I do think I am the most, just because I was at such a competitive level. Um, but no, I would pick you because it was, you were so shit. I mean, just throughout, just through that four years, the change, you definitely changed the most in high school. So since I've known you, I would, you would have to definitely have changed the most. And it's not just, it's not just mentally, it's physically as well. Like when I look at Barry, I still see Barry from high school. When I look at well, I look at Jake. I mean, Jake hasn't changed. God bless. Can I get some of those jeans? He hasn't changed at all. A few gray hairs. That's it. But you, um, both mentally and physically, are not the same person at all. I appreciate that because I'm trying actively hard not to be. Jake, I, I picked you. Jake picked Dave. You've picked me. It really is kind of coming full circle. We all... I think the thing that I appreciate about my friends and the thing that maybe we all appreciate about each other is we all see qualities in each other that we would like to have as qualities for ourselves. Now on the flip side of that, I have a question to pose to you. Who's changed the least? Who's changed the least? Chad. Chad, I can see that. Chad will never change. Chad will remain the exact same Chad that he is at this very moment. That's not true. Chad's changed so much. Chad has changed a lot. Chad's changed a lot. But the thing that, and this is terrible, I've said this quite a few times, and this is, it's terrible that I think this, but I also think it's true, is that Chad, the the driving factor for Chad is that he's so scared of life. (laughs) He's scared. Let me disagree with you. Okay, go ahead. And and throw you a a different perspective. I I don't disagree with you, actually. But I think what's more motivating Chad, and this is part of the reason why I think Chad has actually changed the least. I think... He, in a lot of the same ways that Chris Berry pointed out about me, is still exactly who he was. Just he's grown. He's he's more comfortable with who he is. I think what motivates Chad is Chad knows what he wants. Chad wants what he had when he was a kid. He wants to recreate what his family had because he had a happy childhood. He played softball. He played baseball. He um, was athletic. His parents made pretty good money. He did well in school. His brothers did well in school. And they got jobs. Chad's dad is an engineer. He designs conveyors. Every single one of Chad's brothers is an engineer. They all just want to recapture what they had when they were younger. And Chad has done, I think, probably a pretty good job of doing it. Hey, that. man, I mean, if of all the friends I have, you want to look at Leave It to Beaver, oh, yeah. that's Walt, that's his family. Walt is Chad's dad. Yeah, Chad's dad um, is Walt. Yeah, he's Walt. Heiner. Walt Heiner, yeah. Walter Wade. Um, you know, they have the, the brick house with the white fence around the backyard and all those cats. Chad does? 
Oh, no. Okay. Chad's yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chad's parents. You know, and they had the three kids. They all played baseball. They all went to the same school. Oh, you God. Know, I love them. <laughs> they all, yeah. They all, they're all ridiculous. They're all still pretty tight knit. They're still a pretty tight knit unit over there. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure Andy's going to come out to be gay at some point. But I don't you know. think he's going to come out to be gay, but he's, uh, well, maybe. I don't know. If he is, I kind of, well, I still love him. Oh, I love Andy to death. I've just never met someone in their mid to late 20s. I don't know how old he is. Um, he's got to be like 26. Yeah, he's got to be mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uninterested in seeking female companionship. I don't think he's uninterested. This you think what, his game's that bad? No, I think his game is great. You think I, he's lying to us? I think that Andy is balling. You think he's just a liar? I think he knows that his parents are a little conservative. And his brothers are conservative, but I think Andy's got Bumble and Tinder, and I think Andy is seeing ladies. I think Andy is spending time in the company of more ladies than you would expect through social media. I hope that's true, man. I hope that's true. I do, too, because the the other side of it is Andy is a virgin, and he needs to not be that. Andy, if you're listening to this. If you make it to 30, son, just tell me the check on any. Uh, we will we will get we will fix this. Andy, I will personally perform a sexual act <laughs> on you. <laughs> I was going to pay for a hooker, but um, I will personally perform a sexual act of your choice on you. <laughs> if you make it to 30, Andy, we'll make this happen for you. And you Absolutely. don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed. But anyway. Uh so yeah, so that's my that's my when I because I, I like to psychoanalyze. All right, so yeah, so I think if I think about my friend who's changed the least, I think Chad. And I think he's changed the least because he really is just the same person he was before. He's just kind of now realized the person that he's always wanted to be and he's kind of grown into who he is. He kind of just is his dad. If he has three kids, then Chad's life is a fractal. And fractal, what a good word. <laughs> he is a perfect fractal off of his family. And if if they have like a son and a daughter, they should only just have the two because then they're like a weird, perfect fractal of Chad and Samantha. Because Chad and Samantha are basically the same person. But anyway, who do you think has changed the least? I, I think Ryan. Really? Yeah, and I say this because Ryan, even at a young age, had that life set in stone he knew exactly what he wanted to do from the time we got to know and he did it now moving to georgia living down there you know that i don't think that was necessarily in the plan but ryan is about you know he wants to be he doesn't want to be blue collar he wants to be high class He wants to be that engineer that makes a lot of money and can buy all the nicest things for his family. I hear that. Um, and at P and you know at and no, he said I'm going to PRP first day. I'm going to PRP. I'm playing football for PRP. I've been Panther youth my whole life. Uh, you know, so and that's what he did. He went to PRP. He went to the advanced program. He 
got into speed school. He got his degree. He got a good paying job. He's got a couple promotions. Um, they got a nice new big house down there. I love going down there because I need to go down there. I, I love go down going there. down there because you know I'm that's I mean yeah, I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy. I always have been. But when I go down there, him and Natalie, of course, you know, like a lot of our friends, his his wife's from the East End. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, yes, you know, and I, you went to their wedding, real high class oh, affair, nice wedding, yeah, real high class affair, very nice wedding. Um, I kind of get to step in that life for a weekend. Yeah. You know, we go to the real, you know, swinky whiskey bars, you know, and we we go out to like a four or five star place and eat. And it's nice just to to step into that life for a weekend, and yeah, you know he's probably not doing he, he. That's it's honestly it's exciting for him too. I'm sure because he's right. like now we have an excuse to do all these fun things. Well, yeah, these, yeah. But at the same time, he's still the same guy. Yeah, he's still yelling at the cards and the TV. <laughs> he's still you know just driven. Yeah, he has he has a goal and he has a plan, and he knows what it's going to take to achieve it, and he's achieving it, and good for him. Right. But you just created a theory in my brain maybe the friends we feel like have changed the least seem to be the friends who kind of already knew what they wanted and then their lives worked out the way they thought they were going to work out no. and, and our friends friends who have changed the least maybe uh were dealt some hands that were or change the most, I should say, were dealt some hands that were unexpected and they kind of had to adapt and roll with the punches. So who knows? That, that, that's a strong possibility. All right, guys. So I know what you're thinking. That ended abruptly. And frankly, that's just because my conversation with Casey is not over with yet. He and I talked for a super long time, and we only said bye to each other once. So you're going to have to tune in to Just Friends again in the future to hear the rest of that conversation, and I promise you won't be disappointed. We barely scratched the surface. For the rest of you guys right now, if you're listening to this, you are my friend. And if you haven't already been reached out to by me about being on Just Friends, then I don't know what I'm doing. But if you want to be on the show, just shoot me a text message. You don't even have to mention the podcast. I'm going to ask you to be on it, duh. Because I want the chance to have a conversation with you. And I want all of our friends to have the chance to listen to our conversation. Facebook, text message, Instagram, doesn't matter. However you want to reach out, I would love the chance to sit down and have a conversation. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I love you. Bye.